Welcome to the next episode of our Ag Plus Bio Plus Science podcast. It is presented by Agrinovis Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. I'm Gary Dick, the host of Inside Indiana Business, also the host of this weekly podcast, where we have in-depth conversation with the leaders, the innovators, and entrepreneurs in Indiana's ag bioscience sector, the sector where food, agriculture, science, and technology converge. This week, we are continuing with our virtual podcasts and are excited to have with us Teresa Mayer. Teresa is the new Executive Vice President for Research and Partnerships at Purdue University. And Teresa, welcome to the program and welcome to Indiana. Thank you. And thank you very much for the invitation. You most recently came from Virginia Tech University and just started this new position very recently. Give us a little bit on your background. My journey through the public land grants really began as a first-gen student when I attended Virginia Tech as an undergrad to study electrical engineering. Then I transitioned from Virginia Tech to do my graduate work at Purdue. After completing my time at Purdue, I was uh, destined to move on to industry, but the job market didn't agree with that. I took a chance and went to Penn State University as an assistant professor. So I spent the majority of my career at Penn State and had just a tremendous number of different opportunities there to lead interdisciplinary research, uh, lead a big national nanotechnology infrastructure site that was part of an 18 unit university network, and then transitioned back to the College of Engineering, where I was responsible for the research enterprise. An opportunity opened up at Virginia Tech, and I thought it would be great to return to my alma mater and spent the last four years there in a very similar role. When I got a call about the position at Purdue and really having the opportunity to come back home to Purdue, I just couldn't turn it down. And the opportunity to come back and serve in this role, working for President Daniels and really expanding the enterprise here was a great attraction to come back. Your job is Executive Vice President for Research and Partnerships. This is a big position with a lot of responsibility. I would like to start by saying that it is a very large enterprise at Purdue. Overall, we have a little over $670 million in research expenditures on an annual basis. That is a very, it's based in a very broad portfolio. As a public land-grant institution, we have many different colleges that span from engineering to science, technology, agriculture, business, and the liberal arts. And our research enterprise spans all of those different areas. We have federal funding from virtually every major agency, and a very substantial part of our portfolio is also direct funding from our industry partners, foundations, and even international groups. So we cover a lot of ground, and one of the most exciting parts about coming back to an institution like Purdue is the diversity of fields, but also the ability to work at the intersection of those fields. And I think particularly as we think about ag and bio, that intersection between agriculture, digital technology, and engineering is really driving part of the future. And so Purdue is the perfect place to do that. But my position also includes partnerships. As we think about the enterprise, thinking more broadly about research and talent more generally at the undergraduate and graduate level, the partnerships are a really critical part of continuing to expand that enterprise. And so that includes the work that we do with industry, but also at the federal level, the state level, and across the world. Our office really supports all of those different partnerships. But again, increasingly, we're finding that it's very important to work at the interface of those. 
and look at those intersections where we may bring federal resources together with the work that we're doing with industry so that we can effectively not leave the research in a publication that's sitting on the shelf, but instead we're thinking about how to transition the results of the research that we do into industry. We can commercialize that so that it really impacts society at large. Obviously, we're in the midst now of uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, and you're getting the research function back up on its feet. Talk about the challenges facing you and many others at Purdue in making that happen during this crisis. Well, this is a certainly unprecedented time. I know we hear that a lot, but it, but it truly is. We had to wind down our research enterprise. We were fortunate that the governor did provide enough latitude to higher education to continue to critical research. And we worked together with Indiana University and other universities across the state to define different areas. One thing that has been exciting is that particularly right now, we've been able to maintain a lot of our field research when other universities across the country had to more fully ramp down. We're in a return to operations to our research enterprise. And uh, what we're finding is that it's not as simple as saying, let's turn a lab back on. We have to have the whole enterprise coming back on. So we have over 100 buildings that support our research enterprise just on the West Lafayette campus. We have locations in every county across the state as our public land-grant institution. 4,000 laboratories, 1,200 faculty that are leading groups doing sponsored research. And so it is a large enterprise. Of course, we have to sort out all of the health and safety to ensure that we're protecting those that are, are the most vulnerable, high-risk population, many graduate students who, of course, are in the lower-risk population, but our supporting staff is diverse and it's critical to the function. So we are just moving building by building, lab by lab, and, and starting to bring things back online. And we hope We've, we've set a target that we're getting ready to announce that our labs will certainly look very differently when they come back online, but we're setting a target of June 30 to be operational, which will give us about a month before our undergraduates come back. We're calling it the month stabilization phase before we introduce a large new variable when we have 35,000 undergrads back on campus. You are very passionate, uh, Teresa, about women in STEM, women in science and engineering. What advice do you have for women in being role models, uh, encouraging younger women or girls to learn more about science, engineering, and math? I have been looking at some of the recent data just to underscore the importance of our continued efforts throughout the country to encourage women to become now, to really consider science and engineering and the STEM disciplines more broadly as a career choice, what we're finding is we're still not moving the needle. If you look at the number of women in engineering that are, you know, currently, if you compare uh, dating back to about 2000 to current, we're still under 15% uh, of women in the workplace. Computer science was up a little bit under 30%, and it's actually declining and so as we think about the critical need, we have such large gaps. We hear from our industry partners that do a lot of recruiting on campus that as the high-tech industry, and this is becoming more and more important for the ag biospace as well as we are moving more in the direction of digital technology, 
and really advanced technology that we're experiencing larger and larger gaps in the number of positions that are available relative to our ability to fill those positions. What I say is we can't leave half of the population behind. One of the things, in addition to being more proactive, we're engaging with our industry partners, trying to bring more women on campus to really show, not only on campus here, but in our K-12 through partners, to show the career opportunities. But as I reflect and consider, I think it's very important for us to also communicate at a very early stage what is the impact of these career choices in terms of really driving societal good? That seems to be a strong motivator for women in general. And I think it's just important for us to help younger middle school girls and high school girls understand the impact that they will have on driving the advanced technologies that are leading to everything from improved medical care to, in the case of agriculture, food supplies for all. I think it's, it's so critical that we help women understand the good that they're doing in society. And so we're really proactively engaged in supporting these and also, you know, ensuring that we have good pipeline programs. But we have a lot of work to do as a country. Partnerships and collaborations, as you look at those, uh, where do you see the ag biosciences really stand out in terms of potential collaboration partnerships? We are seeing just an increased I think appreciation in the ag biosciences that in order to really optimize food supply and production, that integration of digital technology, the integration of advanced technology is really going to drive the future. And so we're seeing a very rapid growth here in Indiana. We, in West Lafayette alone, were able to recruit two mid-sized companies, Salemtech and Inari, um, both working in, in digital tech as well as essentially a seed foundry. And together with the WIND network that was established in this region, we're able to really drive that integration of digital technology together with developing a living laboratory where we can test some of those technologies in real world environments. So we're really excited to have those, not only the strong partnerships of the mid-sized, small and large companies, but also really work directly with farmers and producers in order to test these new technologies and try to articulate what the long-term value add would be to them. We are also working hand-in-hand with Microsoft. You may know that Microsoft has started a new FarmBeats program uh, where they're developing a whole cloud-based technology. So being at a land-grant institution that brings together a top 10 agriculture program with a top 10 engineering program at the undergrad and grad levels, there's really no better place to be right now as we think about the future and the fact that we really do have these deep relationships across the board so that we can drive deeper partnerships and we can really be at the center of advancing technology. So I'm really looking forward to not only the partnerships with established companies, but we are also developing and have a very active through our foundry, which is working with faculty to drive startups, to be able to really take the technology that we're developing and also consider the opportunities for launching new startups in this field. Teresa, since you've uh, moved back to Indiana, I know you've joined Agronovus for a Quadrant event, and I believe 
believe you were at the Ag Bioscience Innovation Summit last year as well. What does having initiatives, in your view, like Agrinovas, what does it do to help someone gain foothold or introduce them to new partners? Coming back to Indiana and being part of Agrinovas has really been, I think, instrumental for me being new to really get embedded in the community, but even to go further, participating in the Quadrant event where we, you know, have a lot of engagement of the local community to the bigger summit where we're bringing now partners from all over the world and showing them the possibilities of the opportunities here within the state of Indiana has been really tremendous. I mean, coming from Pennsylvania and Virginia and not really having an organization like Agrinovus or some of the other CICP organizations, I think it's a big difference and the leadership to pull all those pieces together, but then also to highlight the strengths of our research institutions and show that there's this real connection between the research institutions and our local companies and our partners from across the country and across the world. It certainly made a big difference in my ability to get started and make uh, connections, but I think it's just a tremendous benefit for the state of Indiana as a whole. Teresa Mayer is the Executive Vice President for Research and Partnerships at Purdue University. Teresa, it's great to have you at Purdue and in the state of Indiana and really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the podcast this week. Great. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. And thank you all for joining us as well for this latest edition of the Ag Plus Bio Plus Science podcast. It is a weekly production partnership between Agrinovus Indiana and Inside Indiana Business. And a reminder, you can keep up to date with Agrinovus by following them on Twitter and Instagram at Agrinovusin. You can also find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to share these great ag bioscience stories with more and more people. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we're all in this together. I'm Gary Dick. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick, produced by Bridget O'Reilly, Libby Fritz, and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana Business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.